and welcome to the next episode of Process Preparation and Performance. I'm one of your co-hosts, Bill. I'm here with JR. It's been another interesting day in Quarantineville. Everybody's stuck inside. You can't go anywhere. I did see something on Facebook today, though. Sam's put out a photograph here in Jeff City that they had about three walls full of toilet paper, and they were asking people to come to the store. I never thought I would see a post like this on social media. It, I was laughing in the middle of my clinic today, but it was there. We have another exciting episode. I'm, I'm super thrilled to have these two guys with us, JR. You know, we have had the opportunity to hear one of them speak at our clinic. Now there's some new changes happening at Washington University. Tell the folks who we got today. Yeah, we are super excited. We have the former head coach, Larry Kenbaum, and the new head coach, Aaron Keene. And we're going to be talking to both of them uh, on the podcast today. And hopefully everybody uh, is excited as we are about it. Coaches, how you doing? Great. Doing great. Thanks for having us. We, uh, we generally just jump right in and start talking and asking questions. But I want to back up a little bit and just talk about the day, right? Because things have changed. Our, our total society has changed. You got to be like six feet apart from people. I was talking to a guy in Canada last night, and he told me that groups of five or more can't gather. And if you do, it's a $1,000 fine. A $1,000 fine, which is, is crazy to me. So, Coach Kim, I'm going to start with you first. How is the quarantine life going down there in St. Louis, and has it really changed a lot of what you're doing? Well, um, it's hard. It would be hard to say it, it, it uh, hasn't changed what I'm doing. Um, I think the hardest, the hardest thing for not just me, but for everybody is to try to find a routine. Uh, so I'm finding one, um, you know, being able to I'm a goal setter kind of guy. So like I, I want to make so many contacts every day in my recruiting. I want to make sure that I'm spending uh, X amount of time getting ready for preparation for time with our players. Um, and I don't know if that's any different than when I go to the office, but uh, uh, when I'm in the office, I probably don't think about it as much. Um, and my, my, I've lived routines for a long time there. So this is different. You know, me being in the medical profession, it's kind of changed because there's more reassurance that we're going on and we're doing telehealth visits and I'm talking to people, you know, all over the state and out of state about what's going on with their health and things like that. But Coach Keene, you're not even in Missouri right now, are you? Are you are you outside the state? What's going on, man? I am. I, uh, you know, my family was up in Michigan. I worked at Eastern Michigan University previously. Uh, we're fairly close to Ann Arbor and uh, we were in the process of selling our place up here and I uh, had temporary housing down in St. Louis as I did some work through the first eight weeks of, of my job down there and had plans to come back uh, for spring break and then head back down and, uh, you know, hopefully buy a house down there and get the whole family moved down. But uh, this, this has kind of thrown, thrown a big wrench in it. You know, it's, um, I think back to the week where they canceled the, uh, canceled classes coming back from spring break and, and, um, you know, told all of us that we essentially had to be out of the building by Friday. And, and, uh, you know, so we, we met a little bit as a staff kind of got organized and collected all the things we thought we'd need. And I went back and packed up my temporary housing to a certain extent and, 
and um, you know headed back. I was just telling my wife that I almost wish I'd packed up everything. So it's just you know you're so much uncertainty on whether I'm even going to be able to get back down there before my lease runs out, and <laughs> so there's all kinds of stuff going on. You know, this is a a unique scenario for me, and I've talked to Coach Kinbaum for quite a while, well over a year. Like I mentioned, he came and spoke at the clinic, and I reached out to him and said, "Hey, Coach, you wanna you wanna jump on this podcast? Because Jr. and I are just kind of we're just kind of starting it up, see where it goes. Bunch of guys sitting around the table talking ball and stuff." And he, you know, he goes, "Yeah, but you know what? We, I'm not." I'm not the head coach there anymore. I'm, you know, we got a new guy and I'm like, what, what are we talking about here? What's going on? And I actually saw the post on social media. So coach Keen, new guy, new head coach. It's my understanding you played there. Is that correct? Yeah, I was, uh, was actually part of, I believe coach K's uh, first recruiting class there at WashU. So I'm um, part of the early years and, um, and then coached for him for eight years, I believe. Uh, left in 2002 so seems like yesterday I left but it's been a while it's amazing to me because I've often looked at my alma mater both high school and college wise and I'm like the jobs come up before right the the co- a coaching job has come up before and I'm always very tempted to like download that application and start to fill it out but you did it I mean you you jumped out there you went for it so I'm going to ask you a couple of questions real quick, and I know you have the answer because you wouldn't uh, you wouldn't be here if you didn't. But when that application comes open, there's got to be a lot of things that flood through your head. There's got to be so much stuff that's going on. So tell me a couple things about WashU and the football program that just drew you back. Well, it's a good question. I, to me, it was a no-brainer. I mean, I, I had such an awesome experience um, being a student at Washington University, meeting the quality people that I met there that are lifelong friends. But I think in particular, being a part of the football program, being associated with the coaches that uh, were there at that time. You know, Coach K was my head coach. He was the offense coordinator. He was my position coach. So I met with him on a daily basis. I felt like we had a really strong relationship. I mean, to me, I've, I've said this several times to people around the university, and you know, my close friends know this. That you know, Coach K is like a second father to me, and uh, you know, so I valued what I got out of my experience at WashU, and I've always looked at the job and said, if if that ever comes open, I I would be very much interested in that. Um, and you know, I, I started out as a Division three head coach when I left Washington University. My career path kind of wandered off into scholarship football and ended up at the FBS level at Eastern Michigan. And um, I still felt like WashU was the the perfect fit for me. And on top of that, the opportunity to be a head coach. You know, head coaching jobs are are tough to get. And if you can find one that you are passionate about, um, you love the institution, you can see yourself there long term. I think that's a that's a special deal. So. It's an honor for me to be back. Coach Kenbaum, I'm going to go to you here. Uh, When you came up and spoke at our clinic, I was sitting there in the back just kind of listening, and out of nowhere, you said, uh, I used to coach with Woody Hayes. And I about fell over on the floor because I remember watching all kinds of stuff on Woody Hayes, uh, documentaries and whatnot. So I've got a question for you here. What was it like coaching with him? And do you have any vivid memory or anything of that experience? 
Yeah, I, I have <laughs> had a lot of vivid memories and, and a lot of stories, but I, I really think the, uh, you know, to me, the important part of your question was the thing that you, you asked me first and, you know, what was it like being there? Um, and Woody Hayes went to, as an undergrad, Denison University, which is a small college in Ohio. And he believed strongly about small colleges. Matter of fact, he became a head coach at, at Denison and went on to Miami of Ohio and then to Ohio State. So he totally had a grasp of, of being able to develop relationships with players, uh, to try to keep things in-house. Uh, I think one of the things the, uh, the media at the time uh, always felt like they were under attack with Woody because he really felt like they had no business uh, in the relationships of, between a coach and a player. And if, uh, if uh, one of my players gets a speeding ticket, why is that news to you? Um, I want to be able to deal with him like I deal with a son and, and talk to him about you know, how he can move on. But um, he was all about uh, being very protective with his players, uh, building relationships with them. He totally understood uh, uh, the academic side. I, I think uh, it was almost a dagger in his heart when they passed the, uh, the red shirt rule because he felt like young men should come to college and graduate in four years. And uh, why are we doing this? And, you know, at the time, people around Ohio State felt like that's the only way we're going to compete with the Ohio States is if we can, you know, keep our players in there a little bit longer. So um, he was outstanding. Um, you know, just a, he was a great uh, mentor in many ways. And, and um, he did some things that maybe he, he shouldn't have done. I, I, I won't condone that. But, but I can tell you that um, uh, he was a competitor and, and he, helped, he helped me in my career. I've heard you. I've heard you reference that story before and, and reference your time with him and, you know, how it kind of shaped you and mold, molded you. And I, and I still enjoy hearing it each time I hear it. I'm going to ask kind of a, I don't know, maybe it's an off the wall question. Maybe it's not, but coach Kinbaum, he, you were his position coach. You were his head coach. What kind of player was he? What, what do we need to know about Coach Keene? And uh, what do the new players at Wash U, what's in store for them? You know, I, as a coach, you get to see him coming out of high school. And I can tell you that, uh, that he was ready, uh, very mature. Um, he was, uh, <laughs> he remembers a story probably about as well as I do, that he was uh, fifth on the list of quarterbacks uh, at that time. And, and you're not going to keep five quarterbacks uh, you know, going all in the same class at the same time. Um, and I really didn't know where any of them fit, but I came from a strong background of the number one thing you, you need out of a quarterback is leadership. And we were a little different because we threw the ball back then and, and throwing the ball when I came to WashU wasn't really the, the big thing. But, you know, I would take leadership over that talent or over that skill. And, uh, and it was really important because we were trying to change the culture of the program and trying to get into winning mindsets. And, and I thought the quarterback had to be that guy that was going to be there. So um, for, for me to tell you any different how um, I feel about him, uh, when he took the position, I was out. I was gone. I had stepped down. And he asked me to come back. And I'm not sure 
there would have been anybody else in the world that would have had a yes response out of me. But that's how much I thought about him as an undergrad and how much I thought about him when he was on my staff. He was really the first guy I turned to an offense over to. It was tough for me to to no longer be the offensive coordinator, but I gave it to him because he was sharp and he was competitive and he had literally helped change the culture all the way through. I knew that that was going to be, so I worked for him before. This isn't the first time I was his offensive line coach and we went to the playoffs and, and that's what I wanted more than anything else is to see Washington university compete at a national level. So um, I, I don't think it's uh, any step along the way. It was unfounded, but remember I told you in the beginning, he was prepared. His father coached him when he was in high school. And if you think about that lineage, then um, I don't know if there's anybody more ready to be a head football coach at Washington University than Aaron Keene. So Coach Keene, Coach Kenbaum just mentioned throwing the ball, and you're up at Eastern Michigan, set some uh, school records, I believe, for touchdown passes, completions. Uh, what kind of offense you plan on bringing down here to watch? I always say the kind that works. <laughs> you got it. I mean, it's, and I say that because – I've been in a lot of different institutions and I've run a lot of different styles of offense. Um, I think you have to pattern your offense after the skills and abilities of your players, right? So if you have, you know, for example, I was at Nebraska Omaha in my first foray into to, uh, scholarship football and I had a, a quarterback who was a senior that year named Zach Miller. Zach ended up playing, I think, eight years in the NFL as a tight end, finished with the Chicago Bears. He was tremendously talented. He's six foot five, 230 pounds, and ran a four five forty. And I mean, he ran the heck out of the ball for us. We didn't throw it as much when Zach was our quarterback. We wanted to use the skills we had. Now, I mean, I was at Minnesota State. We had Adam Thielen at wide receiver. You better believe we we threw the heck out of the ball to Adam. Um, and I was fortunate at Eastern Michigan. I had a really talented quarterback who was from the St. Louis area in my class who uh, did a great job for us. Played a lot of passes and. Was, was electric for us. So, um, you know, Coach K asked me, I think this was back in 2002, my last year coordinating for him. We had a freshman quarterback coming in and we knew he was pretty talented. And I remember sitting down in preseason, he said, you know, what's your, what's your passion offensively? And I said, well, it's throwing the ball. And, uh, and coach said, well, mine is, that's mine as well. Let's do it. Uh, so I, I would say that, you know, I don't stray too far away from looking at advantages in the past game. Um, how you can create mismatches and uh, from a personnel standpoint, from a scheme standpoint, um, you know, my, my passion is, is developing a pass game. Um, but, um, but I do believe uh, in my heart that you better be able to do uh, a lot of things really well. Uh, you better be able to run the football when somebody shuts down your pass game. And if you're a running team, if, if somebody loads up the box, you better be able to throw it. So uh, we're going to be as balanced as possible, but uh but my passion is definitely throwing the football. You brought up the offense, and JR and I are both on the offensive side of the ball now, so we could spend the next six, eight hours talking about offense, and we wouldn't get bored one bit. But talking about that, talking about your ideal balance and how you would take advantage and whatever it is you want to do offensively, recruits are stuck inside right now. They don't – you can't go visit. They can't come visit you. So – Tell us what an ideal Washington University recruit looks like in your eyes. Well, it's a good question. You know, there's, um, we're in a unique situation at our university because you're talking about one of the elite academic institutions in the country. 
uh, and there are young men that are studying engineering, pre-med, business. Uh, we've had art and architecture students at at, uh, at Washington University. So it's, uh, you know, it's, it's unique in that you've got to find a special caliber of students, right? And, and a lot of people look at that as a, as a weakness. Like, how can you recruit uh, students that have a 34 ACT that are worth a darn? Uh, what I would say is it's, it's a benefit to us because we can, um, there's a weeding out process academically. We're not mass recruiting at Washington University. We're finding those talented few and then I think the challenge for us as football coaches is we've also we've got to identify uh, student athletes who are passionate about the game of football as well. They absolutely love it um, because, as we all know, uh, it, it there are tough times in the game. There are tough times in a in a college student's life, whether it's the academic side of things or their girlfriend breaks up with them, trouble at home, um, whatever's happening. Uh, football is not always going to be great. And so if you have a passion for it, if you truly love it, uh, it's easier to get through some of those those tough times. And that's really, I think Coach would say this, and I learned this from him, if you if you can identify those people, um, it's a heck of a lot easier to be a, a successful coach. So Coach Kenbaum, Coach King just kind of touched on, you know, what Washington University has to offer. L let me ask you, why 31 years? Did you ever have the opportunity to go somewhere else or was it just, it's just that place that you want to be? Yeah, well, I'm sure my players also said, why 31 years over the years? So um, be careful what you say there, JR. But um, no, I mean, I, I, I wanted a place that I could say, I, I want to go there. I don't want to move my family. Uh, I found that place when I left uh, Ohio State. I kind of worked, worked my way to, to uh, be the head coach at Kenyon College in Ohio. It was out in the country. I had a, a log house, uh, acre and a half, a beautiful place. And I said, this is where we're going to be. This is where we'll stay. And uh, six years into that, uh, WashU uh, connected with me. I really didn't want to go for that very reason. I wanted to go someplace that I could just call home. And Woody understood that, and, and you had mentioned Woody before, Bill, but uh, understand that Woody was at Ohio State for a long time, and that's hard to do it at that level, and that was part of what he wanted. He wanted a place that he could have his family grow up, and, and, and they could be part of the whole thing. So when you opened up and, and uh, we ended up taking the job, it was like never again. I mean, that, that's what I wanted in the first place. Wash U is a pretty spectacular place. I love Kenyon. Um, but if I make this move, I'm never going to want to go again. So, uh, you know, opportunities come and go all the time. And we don't even know what they are sometimes, right? But th there's no better opportunity than waking up every day and, and being in a place you love. And, and obviously, you know, working with a guy like Aaron uh, as a player, then as a coach, and now working for him as, as the man in charge, how – how awesome is it to be around people that have that kind of fire, energy, passion to be successful in their lives? Oh, you're hundred percent right, coach. I mean, it's when you find something you love, you're running in the door every day, like your hair's on fire because you can't wait to get in there, interact with whether it's your players, your workers, if you're, whatever it may be, because it becomes your family, right? So you're, you're running in the door. So coach Keen, I got to ask, Coach Kimbaum's a 31-year vet at WashU. What was it that separated WashU for you 
we know coach was there. We know he was your position coach and he believed in you. But el- what else was it that happened during your time there that you're like, I got to go. This is right. You know, it, I talked to, to Coach K, um, you know, several times at several different points about, you know, where he was where he was headed in, in his career and at what point he might step down. And um, I, I thought he'd coach forever, to be honest with you. I, I just did not think he was going to step down as a head coach. And, um, and I think that's why my career path just kind of headed in different directions. But uh, as I said before, I, you know, I've, I've always looked at the job as a no brainer for me. And, you know, I've, I've, all of my close friends were former teammates of mine or students at, at Washington university. And, you know, if I ever discussed things about my career and, you know, we wash you would come up, they, they always would ask if I was coming back. Um, they're passionate about the place as well. And, and I think, you know, one of the unique things that I found uh, as, as the announcement of coach K's retirement came out, there were a lot of those former teammates that reached out. There were a lot of people that I had coached maybe for the eight years I was an assistant um, that mentioned this, that everybody wanted a connection back to uh, the Coach K era, if you will. And um, I think, you know, maybe some of those players were worried if there was uh, a coach that came in that didn't have a connection to anything with Coach K, that they might lose their connection uh, to the university and the football program. And, and so they were calling and asking and hinting. And, um, and that was nice to hear. I mean, it, it just kind of, I guess, solidified in my mind that it was the right thing to look at the right time to look at it. And, um, and I guess I, you know, I always told them, I, I don't know that I'll take the job, but I certainly want to look at it. You know, I want to see if it's, um, there are a lot of changes that, that have taken place at the university since, since I left new athletic director and, you know, Wash U's a unique place. They went through, you know, a, a period of time where they had one men's basketball coach, one women's basketball coach, one head football coach, one athletic director two chancellors in that time. I mean, how many institutions have that type of stability? Um, and there had been some changes recently that, you know, I, I needed to figure out whether the people were the right fit for me and I was the right fit for them. And, and uh, you know, once I had a chance to meet with people and it was kind of nice to walk back on campus and see a lot of familiar faces still uh, within the athletic department and on campus and, and then get to know new people. It's, it's, as I told my wife, it's still the same place. It's a little bit bigger, but, uh, you know, the people make the difference at Wash U, and I certainly found that to be true once again. It really, it really is, because other people don't get to see what we see right now, JR, but people are going to hear the answer, but we get to see the answer. And when you get to look and listen with your eyes, it just it takes on a different tone. And it's, I can see the conviction in you, Coach. It's, it's amazing. I love it. I mean, I still got a year of eligibility, so, you know, I don't know. I'm thinking about maybe I should see what's up down at Wash U, but I want to ask you this because you said, you know, you had to see if it was the right fit for you. At what point during the interview process, somebody asked a question, somebody made a gesture, there was something that happened that you just said, I want this job and I want it now. Uh, Because we've all had things that have happened to us and we're like, okay, it's passed my litmus test. I'm here. I want it. I'm doing anything. Was there a point like that for you that happened during the whole process? Well, I'll tell you what was interesting is, uh, you know, I was having a, a few discussions, um, gone through the process and went through a, a, a Zoom interview. And, um, you know, you mentioned some of the passion coming through it. 
I'm going through bowl preparation with Eastern Michigan, trying to prepare for University of Pittsburgh. And, um, you know, I'm going through an interview where I'm not face to face with people that I maybe didn't really know that well. And so I think it was tough for maybe some of that passion to come through. And so somebody had made a comment to me as I finished that process, they invited me for an on-campus interview, but, you know, asked me to maybe express uh, my passion for the place and my desire for the job, maybe a little bit more. And it really made me do a little self-evaluation and, and think about whether I really wanted it. And uh, so it was, it was actually, while it almost hurt me at the time to hear it, uh, it was good for me to, to hear that because I knew I had to come with a purpose when I, when I came to campus for the interview. Now, I will say once, once on campus, um, you know, I met with several different people and different, different groups of people uh, on my on-campus interview. And it was a short process because I was still getting ready for a bowl. So I kind of flew in, took care of the interview and flew out. But uh, there was not a, a meeting I had on campus where I didn't feel uh, like it was the right fit. And, and there were certainly, you know, when I got a chance to meet with coaches, um, and again, I had a connection with some, some I was meeting for the first time. Um, I could tell you I left that meeting just saying, I, I need to be here. Like, this is, this is the right place for me right now. Um, so that's where it really probably hit the most. So, Coach Keene, if, if you got a football player coming to visit WashU and you're taking him around or, you know, whoever you're on, your on-site director of recruiting is taking him around, what, what is a typical day? How would you describe a typical day you think will be at, at WashU for one of your football players? Probably a better question for Coach K. He's been there recently. But, you, you know, I haven't lived it as a player, uh, as an assistant coach, and, and now as a head coach. I mean, it's – and I've seen it from the other side where, you know, I've been at a scholarship school where we're dominating 20 hours per week in season, eight hours per week out of season of our, of our student-athletes' lives. What I would tell you about the life of a, a student-athlete at WashU is that um, you're certainly devoting more time and energy towards the academic side. And then you're fitting in, uh, you know, the football side of things or the, the athletic side of things. Um, it all comes down to priorities. You know, when, when I played for Coach K and I coached for him, he always talked about his priorities being God, family, academics, and football. And that we didn't have to absolutely live those priorities ourselves, but whenever there was a conflict, that's what he was going to go back to. And I, I can honestly say that's kind of how I've led my coaching life. Uh, is that, um, you know, whether I've been at scholarship or non-scholarship football and different types of academic institutions, uh, I really think it comes down to student-athletes having a priority or a set of priorities in their life. And, uh, and they've got to live their life according to those priorities. And that requires them making some tough decisions. Um, so our players are, you know, they're taking a heavy load academically. And they're studying some, some things that are they're no joke. As I told, we had a junior group on campus and you know, I was pretty proud of the fact when I was a student athlete there, I was a 3.5 GPA and I got an NCAA postgraduate scholarship. I thought it was hot stuff. Well, I, I majored in history. Okay. So uh, at the time it was pretty challenging for me, but I walk onto campus now and I mean, there's guys triple majoring and some of those majors are biomedical engineering and something in business and maybe Chinese, you know, it's, it's ridiculous. The, the amount of, um, intelligence that's on that campus and, and the drive and motivation um, to be great academically. So, you know, they're, they're studying some, some pretty heavy stuff, uh, some serious stuff, and, and it's pretty cool. And so they're, you know, maybe taking 15 credit hours. Some of them are taking more than that to get the double and triple majors done. And, 
Um, you know, we might have to balance our time a little bit uh, as far as fitting meeting schedules in to, to fit around those academic schedules. But, hey, I'm a football coach, and, and Coach K was the same way. I mean, we're, we're going to take our business pretty seriously, too, and we're going to demand the, the players. And, and I think, you know, if you recruit the right type of people, they want that. They want to show up and get, you know, a 45-minute meeting in or half-hour meeting that's pretty intense, and, and they're learning a lot before they go on the field. And, practicing for an hour and a half to two hours and getting the most out of it. I've got to be, you know, focused and intense in what I do to make sure that, you know, we're not wasting time uh, and we're getting them out because they may have, you know, a tutoring session or a class that night or something else that they've got to move on to as well. So, you know, I, I would just say that the life from what I was used to at FBS football is, you know, they're, they're going to spend a little less time on football, but they're going to be serious about it and they're going to get their work done when they're there. I'm loving WashU more and more, JR. I mean, a double or triple major, I'm not sure that I, I'm still equipped for all that. I, I, I might get through one right now, but a double or triple, I don't know if I could do it right now. Uh, coach K, this is really interesting to me because you're the head coach for a long time, and you, you've been at multiple different levels. you assistant, head coach, but now you're back to being an assistant, right? You're You're back to – the guy you mentored, you, you tutored, you developed, but you knew what his leadership was. How do you keep going, man? How do you keep going? Because you're back as an assistant now, so you're grinding again. You're doing all this stuff. How, do you, how does that circle back for you? Tell us, what, tell us what that looks like. Before I do, I do want to say I'm so proud of Aaron because you asked Aaron uh, what, what the litmus test was, and you're talking to a history major. All right, you can see what did for him. <laughs> but um, I mean, it, it, it's one of those when I when I hear that question, to me, it's it's almost unbelievable to hear it because I, I've always felt, and regardless of whether I was a head coach or an assistant coach, everybody has a role, and I've always cherished whatever role I had, and I never felt like because I was a head coach, I was more important than than that guy who might be holding the dummy, you know, for, for the number one guy, getting him ready for that big game on a Thursday night. Um, it's like, I just want to fill a role and you know, how, how cool is it? You know, we all say this, that we love to see the students go beyond the teacher. And I say that with great sincerity. I, I really feel like, man, I get to work for a guy who's on the cutting edge with what's going on in the game of football and, and somebody has all these ideas, understand a lot of the things that we've done. I, I'm accustomed to because we've been doing them for so long. And all of a sudden somebody comes in with these great ideas. I want to be part of that. I want to, I, I want to be a good recruiter. I want to, I want to go out and I want to be a better position coach at what I do. So um, I, I get to fill a role and that's what I've always done. So I, that, that part is no different. But to be able to do it with someone that uh, that I love and respect, I think that's that's pretty cool. But I'm a competitor now, and we're, we're, I want to win football games. And I want my guys to be good, and and uh, and and I'm hoping that that those expectations continue to 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 rise on me every day because I, I really want to help this team win a championship. Coach Keen, it sounds like you got a fired up assistant coach, man. It sounds like. It sounds like he's doing exactly what you said, and that's come with a purpose, right? The players are doing it. You got Coach K doing it. Woo! It's going to be good football year at Wash U, man. Well, one of the cool things about Coach K is, you know, I, I know he's been the head coach there a long time, but 
he's done everything. He's been the best recruiter on staff for 31 years. Uh, and I'm not just talking about being a guy that's a closer with recruits that you bring in, you go manage your territory and bring these guys back and he, he finishes the deal. He's, he's out managing a territory and, and digging up names in all kinds of different areas. And I've seen the guy drive his van all across the country and meet with high school coaches and do home visits and then drive back that night to save budget money. And you know, he's an amazing recruiter. Uh, and I, I know as an assistant, you know, we used to have competitions to see who could sign the most guys. And then it became, you know, what, whose guys were most quality and whose guys were playing. And that's kind of a fun staff to be a part of. That's what I'm looking forward to, to having again. And that's, that's why I think it's great to, you know, when you're asking why would you want to keep doing this or whatever. I mean, the guy's got a passion for coaching and for recruiting. And, um, you know, it's, it's fun to be around on a daily basis. It gives me energy, you know. And I think the, the best thing for me is that, yeah, I've got a lot of new ideas on things that I might want to try, but, you know, it, I'm not just kind of shooting, shooting bullets into the air and see where they land. It's, you know, I've, I've, I get to ask the guy who's been there for 31 years what he thinks of things. And, you know, if, if he thinks it's a crazy idea, he's going to tell me. And if, and if I think, you know, it should be done anyway, I'll force my hand with it. But <laughs> it's a pretty good relationship. And, uh, you know, that's, that's a pretty cool thing to have. This will be a question for both of you. Uh, describe the prototypical Wash U recruit. Coach, I'll let you go first. <laughs> I think you better please the head coach. Now I'll let you go. <laughs> uh, yeah, obviously, uh, uh, Aaron talked about, um, you know, what he was looking for. But I would tell you that that's the prototypical recruit. Uh, Someone obviously they're very bright. They you know that they have a passion for what they're doing in the classroom. But but I love that word passion too. Every time Aaron uses that word, I, I get goosebumps because it, it's it's what it's what I think um, <laughs> one of my former players obviously has right, and he has it for what he does in in uh, the football realm, right? But we have guys that are doing that in in the realm like you, Doc. I mean, we have guys that are you know, that I've been able to just sit there and watch them take that passion, uh, you know, take it to uh, hospitals and take it to uh, law offices around the country and engineers and um, people working in government, people working in the entertainment field. I love to be around passionate people. And, and there's something neat about, about WashU that I, that I learned. I, I would love to say that I, I was part of bringing it here, but it was maybe one of the things that attracted me here. And that is, People are, are uh, so collaborative at our place that if uh, Aaron says, hey, I want to be a head football coach someday, you'd have people that would look at him at WashU and, and say, okay, you know, <laughs> we're going to help you get there. And they did. Uh, I mean, those are not just former teammates. Those are former WashU students that, that uh, helped him carry his dream just like he helped other guys carry their dreams. It's a very, very collaborative school on the inside and and uh, we're making even a bigger push to make it more collaborative on the outside with with uh st louis and the and the uh the st louis region right here we're right in the middle of coronavirus right here's washington university stepping forward and doing research and building tests and doing all things for this region because we're part of this region it means something to us so we're not just an ivory tower that says we just do what we want to do uh, I appreciate being around that, and 
And I think it's because the people that come to WashU do have a passion. So prototypical, I'll, I'll go right back to the word that, that Coach Keene said right off the bat, passion, because I think that's the one thing that, that hits all areas. If, if I could just add, you know, I think the thing that, uh, again, we're recruiting very special students, but uh, they might have been very unique in their high school. They might have been the only guy that had the 34 ACT in their high school and, uh, you know, had uh, um, the type of GPA that they, that they had. And maybe they thought they'd look at an elite academic institution and find a bunch of nerds there or something. Um, and I think what they find is that within the university, there are people just like them. And that's what attracts them to, to Wash U. Um, especially if they're looking for maybe a little bit more laid back atmosphere, not the cutthroat academic environment. I mean, one of the schools that, that we play every year, the students make t-shirts that say where fun goes to die. That's not Wash U. You know, it's, uh, it, it is a, it's a special place beyond the academic uh, environment that you can find. And, and I think that's what our students fall in love with. Uh, Coach mentioned the collaboration that goes on. I mean, I, when I got there, um, back there, um, you know, this semester to see the 40 some engineers that are, that are studying engineering and playing football at, at Washington University. That's a challenging academic um, situation that they're in. And uh, they work together. I mean, it's unbelievable the study sessions they have and how they're working through homework problems and tutoring each other. I mean, some of the upperclassmen that are just volunteering to tutor. Uh, some of the, the younger players and help them guide them through tough situations to make sure that they can pursue a passion they have academically and also, you know, stay on the football team and thrive. And uh, that's a pretty cool thing to witness. Yeah. If I can just add one thing on that, JR, is we have guys in our football team that turn down athletic scholarships to be there. And there's some people that don't quite understand that, but they know there are opportunities down the road you know, obviously with what they're doing academically at Wash U and they're because they are smart kids that, that to them, uh, that's a trade-off that they don't want to make. So it's not, you know, we're, we're picking up people that can't play. I mean, we have guys actually, um, Aaron had a twin brother that was being recruited, uh, um, at an NAI school and was offered money for playing football. And, and we have guys that, that are willing to say, you know what, this is a little bit more important to me. And, um, but again, they're still passionate about football. I mean, to say, to say, I think I'd rather go to WashU, you might think, well, maybe football is not important. That's not the guy we want. We want the guy with passion. And Aaron brings, and, and uh, he should have Aaron in a room full of football players. And he gets up in front and you see the, the sweat coming out and the veins popping and, and they have that instant relationship to him because they have a passion for what he's telling him he's looking for. So it's a, it's a great relationship. I, I get exactly what you're saying because what you're telling me, not only as a high school coach, but as a parent, is that you are going to prepare my kid for the next 40. The four that he's there at WashU or five, it makes a difference. But what you're really doing is you're setting him up for success decades down the line. And whether that's becoming a coach, whether that's being a history teacher, whether that's being a doctor, a lawyer, it doesn't matter what you're doing, but you're going to be the absolute best at it. And that is what is so dang cool, man. I mean, that is, that is what separates it. I remember Coach talking about uh, 
you've coached 162 doctors or something like that, or 62 physicians or something. It was some crazy number. But the fact that you knew that number told me it mattered, told me you cared about it, and told me that you were setting them up for success, not just on the field, because we know you like to win football games. We know that. But it told me that, man, this is, this is exactly what JR and I love, where you're, it's the person that matters. We could throw the football all the way down the field, but it's, it's, it's the dude that's there that, that really makes a difference. I, I totally love that. You know, we've talked about recruits. Tell us, how do recruits get a hold of you guys? Well, that's, you know, we're going through a challenging time. And, you know, it's, um, you know, typically we would have had three junior days and had, you know, loads of guys on campus to be able to experience what, uh, what WashU is all about uh, through the course of the semester. We had an opportunity to have one. And, uh, you know, we're talking about ways to do some virtual junior days and connect with some, some students right now. You know, our emails are, are on our, our website. Um, Twitter handles, uh, I believe, are on there as well. I mean, both of those are good ways to, to get a hold of us. Um, um, but it's, you know, I, I, I'm so much looking forward to being able to have some face-to-face -face contact with, with some of these recruits to be able to get back into schools and, and visit with young men and, and uh, get them onto campus and be able to spend some time with them and their families and show them what our place is all about, what our people are all about. I think that's the, the hardest thing about, you know, what we're going through right now. Coach Kimbaum, I've, uh, I've got one more for you here. You've obviously been around the game a, a long time, and you've seen a, a lot of fads come and go. But what do you think is the biggest change that you've seen in the game from when you first got started to now? Well, um, I, I, will, I will say this because I think it needs to be said right up front. I don't think the kids are any different. There's a lot of people that totally disagree with that, but they're, they're no different than, than Aaron was when he was playing, and they're no different than they were when, when we were playing. Um, you know, they, they're curious. They want to be led. Uh, they, they want to be successful. Uh, you know, they want people that are going to be good role models in front of them. Um, they might not look like that until they're actually postured in such a position where they can make choices to make that uh, be part of their life. So they're no different. Um, the toys are different. And uh, the technology is the fact that we're having this roundtable discussion. Uh, and you said in the very beginning, like, uh, like we're sitting around a table eating food and drinking coffee. Uh, yeah, that's different, right? I mean, I might have it there, but you, know, you have something there. I don't have it there, right? But it's, it's part of, and I think the people that are successful are the ones that, that don't look at that and say, I'm going to use technology to win. But it's like, I'm going to use technology to be able to communicate somehow differently with my players, to be able to get across the message that needs to get across because the kids are still the kids. So if I can find a way to use that, whether it's recruiting or teaching or whatever it might be, that tends to be different. And, and I think the second part of that then is, because the fans also have that technology. They have an understanding of the game like never before. And a lot of these, even the parents now grew up with the Madden games and the Xboxes and, 
and uh, and they have a pretty good understanding of what goes on with football. They don't necessarily understand like all the relationships that go on and all the decisions that have to be made on a day to day basis, but they have some awareness of what's going on with the game, and I think that's awesome. I think it there's there's a little bit of an accountability there where you're not going to do something just because the fans want you to do it. You're going to do things that are going to help you win, but they gain an appreciation when they realize that maybe those results are coming out that way. So that's, those are my two things, the technology, obviously. And then I think the, the knowledge that the game, maybe because of that technology that have changed our game just a little bit, but it's still about blocking, hitting, tackling, running, catching, passing. That's football. It's having tears in your eyes when you're just a little disappointed and a big smile on your face when things go your way. But when it's all said and done, it's just being around the people you're with. 100% agree. JR and I talk about that all the time. The kids haven't changed. It's the people interacting with the kids that are inflicting or giving their opinion on how they should be. I mean, when a kid has grown up, he doesn't know any different unless you teach him, right? So it's uh, we talk about that all the time. It's the kids haven't changed. So I'm going to ask you both before we talk like some uh, technical football, because I want to hear from Coach Keen about some technical football, because I'd love to get into a little bit of this. But I'm going to ask you both. Memory at Washu, game, practice, whatever it may have been, Coach K, one that you have of Coach Keene, who's also Coach K, and Coach K the second about Coach K the first, and a memory that you have that like it just sticks out in your mind every time you think back about Washu football. So you could paper, rock, scissors for whoever goes first. I don't care how you do it, but who's up? I think the head coach should lead this one here. <laughs> well, I, uh, you know, I always knew Coach K was really passionate about, um, you know, what he did. And, I, and he is the most competitive person I've ever been around. And, I, you know, I learned that uh, on the basketball court, uh, playing some noon hoops. And, and we used to show up, uh, there's a guy named Jeff Doyle that was an All-American lineman who's pretty good hoops player. And I always had him on my team and we'd show up and play some of the coaches and noon hoop in the old Francis gymnasium. There wasn't much room around that, that gym. I mean, if you push somebody off the court, you're going in the wall or through some doors. And we had an old defensive coordinator, Ron Collins, who'd probably push you through those doors. But uh, we used to call coach K the human broom because if there was a ball on the ground, he was going after it. And, and I just like, you know, as a player, I'm, I'd be thinking I'm not diving on the ground for a new hoops game. And uh, he just doesn't like that. That's, I learned a lot of competitiveness from him because he just didn't differentiate uh, between, you know, a district championship game and a new hoop game. We played the same way. And um, I think I learned how to play a lot of competitive sports uh, a lot better because of situations like that. All right, coach Ken Baum, it's your turn. Yeah. Um, yeah, mine's, mine's going to be a little different. Um, Aaron's uh, junior year, we were down at Rhodes College, and he uh, ended up getting a knee injury, and it was, a, it was a tough deal. And when it was all said and done, he needed to have surgery. And I've always believed, and this is another Woodyism, Woody always would say to us, and again and again he pounded into our heads the measure of a man is uh, not that he's not ever going to get knocked down. I mean, people are going to get knocked down, but the measure of the man is when he actually gets up and goes again. And I still remember being in that 
hospital room and that's the toughest thing right nobody wants to i'm sorry about stirring up old memories aaron but but uh you know i looked into his eyes and uh, it was one of those things you know because i i feel bad too coaches don't like to see their players get hurt acl injury and the whole thing and and it's like hey i'm coming back and you know you never know when somebody says that right at that moment you never really know what you're going to do but the fact that not only did he come back he came back and led uh, he did everything that that i think every coach would would want to see their players do and and have a great experience and uh bring a, bringing us back having a winning season and the whole thing and um and that, that just i mean that was a pretty touching moment there were so many great moments where you know we through passes. He had some bad moments where he might put a ball in somebody's <laughs> hand at, at a place like a Carnegie Mellon or something. That, but what it, what, Uh-oh, here we go. <laughs> what it really comes down to, though, is when you see that, I mean, there's, there's no question. Um, you get that instant connection feeling that, that wow, this, this, this guy's special. He's really, really special, and he's not feeling sorry for himself. Um, he really is going to come back. And, and I didn't even know what that meant. I didn't know if he was going to come back and play football or if he was going to just come back and be a good student, but he did not, he did not let himself stay down. And um, yeah, but a great measure though, huh? Yeah, that's, that's, that's great. Uh, I'd like to know more about that pass at Carnegie Mellon, but we'll let it go for a bit. We'll let it go. <laughs> no, I'm I can, sorry, I can tell you that because this is, this, no, this is a, this is a, you know, it was probably uh, one of my worst moments as a as a player. And you talk about a coach standing up for uh, one of his players. I mean, it, he had my back through that, and that was uh, that was pretty cool. Um, and that's all part of relationship building. It's but it, but I think it says a lot about the type of person that, that Coach K is. I mean, it was I think we had first and goal at the two yard line, and a chance to win a conference championship and. I got selfish, looked over the receiver, and thought I had a fade for a touchdown. And I still remember giving him the universal fade signal. I grabbed my face mask, I looked over there at Isaac Mosley, and he looked back at me and was shaking his head no. <laughs> and, and so I threw the fade, and they picked it off. And, you know, we could have easily run the ball in, uh, you know, in three downs or four downs, whatever it was. But, you know, I, I do remember Coach K saying to the, the press that was there, the major press that was involved covering the Washington versus Carnegie Mellon game. Um, you know, it's it's easier. It would have been easy to throw your quarterback under the bus. I mean, I just made an awful mistake that cost us a championship. And he just, you know, said it was his responsibility that he gives us gives us the ability to do that stuff. And um, you know, I I appreciated that. It took a lot of pressure off me in a time where I wasn't feeling real good about myself. I we could do a whole episode, Jr. on mine. It'd be <laughs> it'd be nobody would listen after that because they'd feel I might get sympathy cards. I don't know. We'll have to see what happens. This is the one bad thing about coming back to my own waters. I have a lot of former teammates that still remember that throw, and they always bring it up. Well, you could just ask them to bring it up if they're uh, willing to donate to the alumni fund, right? <laughs> there you go. Sure. There you go. Sure. All right, so let's get into some ball. Let's get into some X's and O's here because you guys have been all around. JR and I love to throw the football. Tell us about a pass concept that, maybe you learned back at WashU that you continue to go through, that you continue to develop. And if it's, it's like install day one, you're throwing this route. Yeah. So it's interesting. Cause I, you know, the, um, 
when I played at WashU, we threw a lot of option routes uh, with slot receivers. And it was, I thought, pretty unique at that time. I mean, there weren't a whole lot of people that were, were involved in that type of pass system. Um, and it took me a while to understand it. I loved it by the time I finished. And again, I had a twin brother who played tight end. And so, you know, we just like, if we were playing seven on seven in summer, it was just kind of, he'd go run where he wanted to run and I'd find him and throw to him. And that's how we kind of got good at it. Um, and it's interesting. I came back um, my first week on the job here. I gave a clinic to the St. Louis Metro Coach Association and I spoke on the option passing game because it's something that, you know, I've continued to run and it's changed a little bit the way I've done it. And, and there's different form of it, but uh, same basic idea. And uh, so it all came full circle. JR, how did we miss that clinic? Well, uh, you and the rest of the world missed it. There were about seven people there. So, <laughs> oh my goodness, I would have been front row. I would have been front row. I promise you. Very nice. So, are you going to coach a position, Coach Keen, or are you going to be a coordinator? What's your role going to be? Yeah, it. You know, it's that's a good question. It it actually took me a, a while to kind of figure it all out. Um, I think I always knew in the back of my mind that I that I needed to be coordinating and needed to be coaching the quarterbacks and um, you know and that's that's what I'm going to be doing um, and a, a lot of it you know we talked about the word passion that's what my passion is, is coaching quarterbacks I mean it's I don't know that I I spent a couple of years coaching tight ends at uh, Eastern Michigan when I first joined the staff there I was a special teams coordinator and I thought I did a pretty good job coaching tight ends but I always remember looking down the other end of the field where the quarterbacks were and and watching their drills and I'd always watch the the tapes that they had made from practice and critique some of the drills and you know it's just that that's where my heart lies um I don't think I'd be happy if I wasn't wasn't coaching it and um you know I think it's you know, coach K and I've talked a lot about this you know I, I think it's easier for me to correct problems you know coming out of week three or week four if it's a system that I'm running and I know and I'm confident in uh, and if I need to turn the reins loose on somebody else, I can. But, uh, you know, it's uh, it certainly has opened up a, a world of challenges right now because I would have had spring football to install a whole new offense, get to know some of those players, and I don't have that. So I found myself over Zoom, you know, installing a new offense to offensive line and to tight ends and to running backs and to wide receivers and quarterbacks. And I've got the coaches on those meetings as well so that they can meet with those guys separately and kind of, you know, hit some finer points on some of the things from a technique standpoint. But, uh, you know, it's certainly uh, it's been a big challenge that we'll have to make sure we continue to work through. I'm curious uh, for both of you guys. I, I'm really big into analytics. It's something I really like to do, uh, film breakdown, get into the analytics stuff. How much of a role does that play, you know, even at, at the level Wash use at or Eastern Michigan or you see the big boys and whatnot on TV? you know, to where they've got all these GAs up there and they're, who knows what they're doing half the time. But, you know, you hear so much about analytics, analytics, analytics. Just kind of curious. Sure. Well, there's a there's a great company that uh, Rob Ash, who's a former Division three coach and coached at uh, Drake University in Montana State. And, um, I've always been impressed with him. He, he got involved with a company that does analytics. Um, and uh, we actually purchased a system through Eastern Michigan. And so, it, you know, made us more aggressive going forward in fourth down situations when we crossed the 50, it made us more aggressive in two point situations. 
I thought some of that was good. Some of it was bad. I, I don't think, you know, the analytics can never uh, take the place of a, a good gut feel on a game, uh, in my opinion, for a coach. And uh, you got to be smart about it. You know, you've, you've got to know when to be aggressive and take some of your emotions out of it. Uh, those can get in the way. Uh, I think where it can be helpful is to have, you know, a different voice that's been through the analytics and can look at a book that tells you, you know, if we get into a fourth and three here, we should be thinking about going for it. As an offensive coordinator, I can tell you what a benefit is to have somebody from the outside tell you that because that affects your second down and your third down play calls going into that fourth down, um, knowing what situational football is all about. So, you know, it's a, it's a big part of the game right now. And um, I can tell you, we don't have the budget money at Washington University to pay for that service. So maybe I'll call Coach Ash and see if we can get a discounted uh, segment. But uh, we've got to find a way to be good with it and just, you know, make the right decisions. Okay, I want to ask a question because we put this out on our poll on Twitter a while back. JR and I did a lot of analytics, okay, coaches? We did a lot of stuff. And when we were coaching defense at the high school level, JR and I contend that there's really only three ways to run the football, okay? No matter what what you do, inside the tackles, outside the tackles, or triple option, which is both inside and outside because it has both, okay? So inside the tackles, outside the tackles, or option. We put this out on our Twitter poll, and uh, right now we're winning, but we're only winning by like one vote, okay? So... You guys have been in the business a long time, probably forgotten more than we'll ever know about football. So I'm going to ask you each, do you think that those are the only three ways to run the football? Inside the tackles, outside the tackles, or option, which is both in and out? Coach Kinbaum, I'll let you go first. Yeah. Well, I think I, I flippantly gave you my answer last week. Uh, Vince Lombardi started out every year by after – showing the elliptical spheroid uh, to his players and say, this is a football, uh, they'd start out with a quarterback sneak. And I realize that's an inside play, and it's one of the, what, five blocking schemes. <laughs> but it's, it's more than that. It's a mindset. And when you run a quarterback sneak, you're running it for a purpose. And I venture to say that there's probably no – greater we've got to cross this line at this moment at this time we run that quarterback sneak uh as opposed to any other player you might say well your analytics we need to get 3.5 yards or something out of this play uh so we don't get it we go to something else usually when you're running the quarterback sneak it's it's the real deal so i could have said you know falling on the ball at the end of the game which i thought about after i talked to you but i don't really call that an offensive play um because it's not trying to get you to the goal line but i would say that because a quarterback sneak is so different, it's not just an inside play. It's a play of its own. I'm good with that. I'm good with that. All right, Coach Keene, you're up now. You're up. Uh, I, think, I think you are correct as long as you are counting. When you're saying triple option football or option football, if you're counting power read in there, you're counting zone read in there where there's an outside element and an inside element, then, then I would certainly agree with you. The, the, only, the only caveat I'd have there would be a lot of people who spit RPOs out on the perimeter. Uh, and I guess I'm talking about leverage throws out to a, a now screen or bubble screen would consider that a part of their run mm -hmm. game. Let's um, say that's kind of been the, if you, the modernization of football, um, 
instead of beating your head against the seven guys in the box, I'm going to spit the ball out on the perimeter, and we consider that part of our run game. So that would right. be the only thing I'd And have. we do. We do consider that just a long handoff, and we'll count that as outside. So, JR, I think it's like one and a half yeses. What do you think? We're getting there. We're getting there? We're getting All there. right. All right. All right. We're on a mission to convert the country. <laughs> we are. We're trying. We're trying. One podcast at a time. It's going to take us a while. We're going to have to start knocking door to door unless we get some more followers on Twitter or something. Guys, this has been amazing to me. I, I really want to come down and learn about the option route a little bit more, to be honest with you. I'm going to try and figure out offline how we can make that happen. But here's what I would say, JR, and Coach K and Coach K. If you are somebody that wants to go to Wash U, don't hesitate, man. Jump on right now. Commit. Come with a purpose and an unwavering passion for a commitment to life and excellence because – I don't know what the rest of your staff looks like, guys, but if they're anywhere close to you guys, which I got to imagine they are because I see the character in both of you, WashU is set for a really, really long time based on the commitment you guys have given there. And thank you for doing this tonight. I know we're taking time away from your family and whatnot, but the floor is yours. We're going to give you each 30 seconds, do whatever you want, say whatever you want about WashU and recruits or anything you want to say the floor is all yours so let's start with uh coach Kinbaum. you go first yeah well, i'd like to take my 30 seconds to thank you for what you do um you know not just uh the fact that you guys are doing professional development right here uh which i think is just it's awesome you, you need that you need it in every profession um you, you know there is a, obviously an entertainment value to it to, to some extent but um what a great opportunity to promote the game at a time when I think the game really needs to be promoted. But, uh, and a special tip of the cap for you, Bill, for what you do in your life away from the microphone. Um, you know, it's, uh, you know, I, I've been blessed to be around, as you said, 62, it's 67 now, <laughs> 67 doctors. But I know what those people went through. I got to watch them through their journey and and watch them all the way through you know, the decisions on where they're going to go to school and how they're going to set up practice and what they're going to do. But the fact that day in and day out, you're, you're trying to help people. And um, I just, my, my hat's off to you, man. That, that's so awesome. Yeah, I'd, uh, I'd echo that and just uh, want to thank you guys for having us. It's, um, you know, again, unique times we're all going through right now. And, uh, the ability just to disconnect and talk a little ball and connect with people. Um, I think it's, it's pretty special. It's, it's special about the profession that we're in. And, you know, I get a chance to connect with some people and talk some football as far as scheme, maybe, you know, for a little portion of my day while we're trying to fit in recruiting and organization of playbooks and teaching player, plays to players. Um, so, you know, these, these opportunities just to connect with people and, you know, shoot, it's fun for me to reminisce about some of those old stories and and um, maybe connect some other people to, to Washington University and so that they help, it helps them to figure out that uh, what a special place it is and, you know, hopefully anybody that's interested comes to see us and, and uh, we can share all that with them. So I appreciate you having us. Absolutely, Coach. Absolutely. It's great. We would shake your hands right now, but we can't do that, right? We, we're, a little, <laughs> we're a little short. We can't do it. Our pleasure, guys. Our pleasure.